Why are we being yes. forced and not giving a choice, damn it? It's not right. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show. With Wendy, there will be body damage. Jock. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Jock. Yeah, I don't think so. And Johnny. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about while we talk about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about getting uh, jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be covering a big change coming to Jeep and how they'll be offering four-wheel drive from now on. I've got a story of a man lifting a Jeep to save a child, and we'll hear what happened at the border with a Jeep that caused the death of several people. Later in the show, I'll be wrapping up our multi-part series in Jeep Breaks. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I hope you are listening to my newbie nugget section on Friday episodes. I'm doing a three-part series on spotting. You don't want to miss it. And this is Chuck, and uh, this is when I usually say that having a metal Jeep is probably the best thing that you can do. So if you have a plastic dash, go out to the garage and yank it out right now. How, how is that metal steering wheel on really cold mornings? Does your hands yeah, stick to it? Seriously. <laughs> I, I wear mittens. I wear mittens. <laughs> uh, I'm Tony, and I keep trying to start the Gladiator in gear without pushing the clutch in. I can't find the clutch pedal. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm betting it doesn't have one. <laughs> I'm oh, thinking. that makes sense. <laughs> There's a concept. That, that's why. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, this is a trend I'm really, really honestly concerned about. Uh, here we go with Jeep's virtue signaling again, now in full effect. And it's only a matter of time before this goes even further. Jeep is making the off-road-focused Grand Cherokee Trailhawk trim-exclusive to the 4XE plug-in hybrid driveline for the 2023 model year. Trailhawk is Jeep code for a Jeep, in this case the Grand Cherokee, with the most off-road capability. That's why it's a big deal that for the 2023 model year, the package will be exclusively available as in only equipped on the 4XE versions of the Grand Cherokee. It will not be available with the 3.6 liter or V6 or the 5.7 liter Hemi V8 engines, no matter how much you pay. Trailhawk includes Quadrodrive 2 4x4. It has the same low range transfer case and 47.4 to 1 crawl ratio as other versions of the 4XE, but it gets a special electronic limited slip differential at the rear. This diff gives you more traction when the trail gets slippery, helping to make sure that you have traction even if a tire or two is in the air. Speaking of tires, the Trailhawk 4XE has Goodyear Wrangler Territory all-terrain rubber in place of the more pavement-friendly tires of less off-road capable 4XE models. Despite that, Jeep says it still offers 25 miles, quote-unquote, of all-electric range, and that it conquered the Rubicon Trail, a long-time Jeep staple, using only electric power. What? Electronic sway bar disconnects are standard on Trailhawk 4XE. Unhooking the sway bar allows better suspension articulation and more comfort off-road. The Quadralift air suspension with 10.9 inches of ground clearance is also standard, though the figure is about half an inch less than gas-powered Trailhawks offered in 2022. 
Other features of the Trailhawk Grand Cherokee 4XE include select terrain traction management, blue accent, a 4XE signature, uh, and uh, off-road view camera, a matte black hood decal to keep the glare out of your eyes. And you can expect more electrified off-roaders from Jeep in the next few years and more moves like this to make popular trims electrified only. Jeep says it plans to offer an electrified variant of all SUVs by 2025. And if this trend continues out of control, I expect to see Jeep limiting any four-wheel drive option to the 4XE trim. As it appears, at least by this move, as if Jeep, after 75 years, thinks that you're a bad person if you drive a gas-powered Jeep off-road. Hmm. I have some words, but I don't think it's appropriate for the air. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Oh, there's I, no I air. Think, there's I no air think, here. Okay. I don't think that there is a, uh, a a good justification for this. I think this is much to do about nothing. Uh, I believe that uh, the, the decision on this was made before the uh, Supreme Court uh, neutered the EPA as far as their CO2 emissions goes. And I, that honestly, I think, is a lot of the crux behind most of this. Uh, I mean, all those years that Jeep was threatening to uh, make the uh, the body of, of Jeep's aluminum, uh, talking about IFS suspension systems, uh, things like that, uh, really basically gutting the off-road capability of Jeep uh, just for the sake of EPA standards. Well, now that EPA isn't in control of that anymore, we might be able to see a new future for the automotive world. However, a lot of automotive uh, um, uh, automakers have already committed to going full electrical. I mean, they've they committed going full retard already. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. He used the wrong <laughs> so, word so there. So now, yeah. <laughs> now, now we have like you know the Grand Cherokee, which arguably is one of the most uh, awarded and best-selling SUVs of all time, um, being their best off-road model, only available in the 4XE trim. But but this here's the deal. Is. But here, here's sense. my here's my question. It doesn't matter if they offered it in several different versions. Why can't they do that and let the consumer decide? You decide why, the problem. Why, why, that's the problem. But, but why are yep. we being forced? It's kind of like some other issues and agendas in this country. Why are we being yes. forced and not giving a choice, damn it? It's not right. You're, you're not, right. You're not smart not enough right. to make your own decisions is what, what you're being told. It's yes. not right. Very left indeed. Yes, that's very true. And, <laughs> and I'm calling bullshit. They did <laughs> Thank not you. do the roof on trail in electric. I'm no sorry. way. Twenty five percent. There's no a way. lot of jeeps that can't even do it on a full tank of gas. Exactly. <laughs> they're yeah. going to boast that they're going to do the Rubicon on their thing. Now, I would like, I would like Travis to call in because Travis has a four XC <laughs> and he is yeah. done. We and he said that he, you know, he boasted that he went multiple miles. And sure. I think that Travis is someone that we we would believe. But I don't know, man. Listen, like, I'm listen I, I, I've I just, actually been I, on I, trails with people that have 4XEs. I've done students that have them, and they run out of electric power. And we're doing easy, huh? simple trails for a couple of hours. It's done. There, it I mean, doesn't go well, the whole distance. Well, this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, this did not do the little sluice. This did not do the little sluice. No, no, this no. Went here's around here's what I'm no saying, Chuck, is, is, is that the only way, so when they, when they say quote-unquote, conquered the Rubicon Trail, that means, okay, maybe they went from the gatekeeper all the way up to, you know, the other end or something like that. But they bypassed every goddamn obstacle along yeah. the way. Yes. There's and, no right. way. And they, they brought a diesel generator to recharge Thank the, you. you know what, every night. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Or every few moments. Come yes. on. Yeah, they, I, there's, there's a island that charged it all night long. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't see any, any other way that a vehicle like that would have made it through the Rubicon Trail. People, you now, are a, being anybody, lied to about electric vehicles. They do work. That's it, it will be a great technology when we get something that has proper power density. And we stop do, destroying the planet by doing all the mining. Okay, uh, there you go. We can find <laughs> other planets. I'm not so concerned about that. I'm just saying <laughs> that the batteries that they're putting in these things are... it's you're, <laughs> You're putting D-sized batteries in a flashlight that's going to run out. I mean, think of it. If if you're old enough to remember your flashlight and if you left it on with a big-ass D4, big D-sized batteries, and it would last about 30 minutes. That's what we're talking here. You're talking about a, a, a device, a flashlight, if you will, that requires a lot more power than what you can get from the storage capacity of a battery. And, and yeah. that's the reason why we use a battery to start the freaking vehicles and not drive on them. It's too right. soon. Remember, the technology is not ready. Remember the old cell phones that used to come in their own like suitcases? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it, yeah. You can make like three phone calls and you're like, all right, let me go home and plug this thing in. That was yeah. great. That's the, the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, and didn't we hear uh, uh, there were several independent tests who, who uh, really put that 25 miles of all electric range to the test and it came was out to be about four? three? Yeah, three or four. Yes, it was so miles. low. It was so, a small number. Huh? I think the 25 miles of all electric range is like on pavement, you know, with zero resistance. Tailwind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Downhill. Uh, But when you start getting into rock crawling and trying to traverse a grade and and stuff like that, I I think that 25 miles goes right out the window. Of course. Common sense. You're doing a lot more work whenever you're climbing up and over things. Yeah. yeah. Just putting it in a wall of drive will create so much friction. Exactly. Parasitic drag, I think is what they call it. Yep. I want to see some more independent wow. testing out of this. I want to see Jeep called out on their I 25 miles of range. Yeah. I want to see I video. I want to see video, actual live time video to prove it. I don't think you they You know can. the Jeep engineers are smart. This is all political. This is all political it electric is. bullshit. 100%. 100%. 100% and politics is lying. It, it, yep. Really, that's the, the crux of politics is lying to you and making you believe it. Or at least don't care where you're just going, okay, fine, you're lying. I'm going to get back to watching my, uh, my well, TikTok videos. Uh, imagine, imagine this. Let's, let's protract what Jeep just did with this move out you know, another 10 or 15 years. And imagine that the Wrangler is still being sold, but you can't get it in four-wheel drive without it being electric. Right. Imagine, have Jeep, to have a not offering, yeah, imagine Jeep not offering a four-wheel drive vehicle unless it is a hybrid or electric. That's uh, sacrilege. That is, Sorry. So exactly. So uh, the Bronco is starting to look uh, more interesting. <laughs> no, <laughs> trust me. You don't want to go there. Trust me. I'll go full-size truck. I, I can't afford one, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, there will always be the Jeeps of yesteryear, and uh, and so long as we don't have a forced That's clash. That's what I'm saying. Cash, we, we should be okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and as far as that goes, you can still buy crate engines. You can build your own freaking vehicle. It's uh, not that difficult. Right. It's all bolt-on, really. Uh, so uh, and you can get fancy and, and customize stuff if you want to, but you literally could build your own vehicle and just just buy something, throw something in. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's what I did with the Scrambler, right? The Scrambler's got all the fancy True. stuff. I do the interstate with everybody, but it's just on an old chassis. That's right. all it is. It's yeah. just, just yeah. the body that's old. Everything else is brand new. Yeah, these people are going to shoot themselves in the foot, uh, which they've already done uh, with inflation and everything else. But they're going to shoot themselves in the foot worse, but requiring these companies uh, that employ a lot of people to do bullshit that doesn't sell 
and it's going to hurt the companies. It's going to hurt the people that work there, and it's yep. going to hurt all the aftermarket uh, companies that are involved in it. It's we we need to get we need to get the government out of most everything and Thank let you. and let the people make the decisions. Free market people. Exactly. That's, that's that's how it all works. Well, we've heard those stories out of uh, the '80s and stuff about how you know this this guy or this this woman or whatever you know uh, to save their own child or something like that lifted a vehicle you know to to get to the get to the uh, the injured uh, uh, the injured child or something like that. I, I seriously I haven't heard a story of of superhuman strength like that in in thirty plus years, Josh. Um, and and so let me just tell you something really quick. This happened to me. I had a jalapeno popper wrapped in bacon go under the stove, and I lifted that thing up so quick. Two fingers. Yes. Superhuman Tony. I had to have the other hand free to to eat the popper. (laughs) So, uh, you know, the headline reads, man lifts Jeep to save boy. And a a baby boy is now safe after a Florida driver was in the right place at the right time and saved him from an overturned Jeep. Photos from the scene show a Jeep Wrangler JKU Rubicon that the toddler was riding in overturned on State Road 100 and John Anderson Boulevard in Flagler Beach, Florida. The hero in this story, and I know I'm going to butcher his name, <laughs> is a one Mr. Wisgary Dormeval. Is it tight? Not bad. I, 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 I know I, I, if he's listening to the show, my apologies, but this man saw the accident. He called 911 and then jumped into action. Somebody yelled out, there's a baby in there. There's a baby. Was Gary got to one side of the Jeep and began to lift so the toddler could be rescued. He held the Jeep up just far enough to where the car seat and the baby were just sticking out. With bystanders jumping in to give another boost by pushing the Jeep up, the young toddler was able to be pulled out. Multiple units from Flagler Beach and Flagler County Rescue arrived on the scene just minutes later. The first arriving unit upgraded the scene to a level one mass casualty incident. A trauma alert was called and three adults and one pediatric were transported to Halifax Medical Center. At last check, the boy is still recovering. But what happened to the adults? The any, any, any comments on the, uh, anything on there about the condition of the baby? Uh, right now, as far as I know, everybody is alive. Uh, the okay. boy was uh, received the, the worst out of the injuries oh, uh, and no. is still recovering, um, but uh, but is alive and expected to make a full recovery. Oh, that's uh, good. So it, it is. It, it's not all bad. It it's a, looks a lot worse than than what it than what it was. And honestly, I think if it wasn't for uh, uh, for the the hero in this story uh, was Gary. Uh, which I know I'm butchering his name. Um, had uh, if it wasn't for him, uh, this likely would have had a much different ending. That's a hell uh, of a name. I, and seriously. and I have a question on the accident. How did you flip yeah. the jeep? That would be my question. That's the how, other. How does one flip it? Because there's be- there's nothing on the street. It's kind of a flat no. street. There's a little curve, maybe. You're right. As far as I can tell, this is a single vehicle accident, which begs the question: What the hell how? happened? All four yeah, exactly. tires are there. Yeah, they all look inflated. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yep. like they had to blow out or suddenly one wheel just left the vehicle or something like that. I'm I'm guessing maybe there was some distraction involved. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm hesitant to sort of jump to conclusions here. Um so all we can do is speculate at this point as to what caused this accident. Nonetheless, it happened 
and these are the results. And uh, this one man certainly deserves, I think, the key to the city for for mm-hmm. his feats of heroism. Yeah. So this this where was this? It wasn't in Kansas, right? Because I know Chuck no, will drive Interstate 80, 90 miles an hour <laughs> in that screen. No, this, no. this yeah, you, uh, this was in Florida. <laughs> oh, okay. In Fla- Flagler County, Florida, Flagler Beach. Yeah, area. on East One Hundred, you can see it from the. Uh, the picture here on the notes. So uh, yep. the uh, the well, it's comedy, Chuck. So uh, the I was going <laughs> to say the the wheels and tires look pretty good shape. Was there anything about parting out uh, this uh, this vehicle? That's what I the story. Tony, it's too soon. Like, <laughs> wheels, man. Well, how about this? Uh, Jeeps really don't, especially Wranglers, don't make a good getaway vehicle for a number nope. of reasons, right? I mean, nope. maybe if you had like an SRT Grand Cherokee or something like that, or, or you know, a, a track Hemi. Off. Or a you heavy know, yeah, in there. Th- then maybe. Or if but, it's a uh, 4XE, they'll give you a head start. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake. Uh, unfortunately, this story does not have a, a comedic undertone. Uh, four illegal migrants were killed in a crash fleeing from authorities in, th- in South Texas last week. Tony, this is in your home state. According to reports from agents with the Customs and Border Protection, a U.S. citizen was driving a Jeep Wrangler filled with illegal uh, migrants, illegal immigrants, uh, when it crashed during a high-speed chase. On June 30th, approximately at 8.28 a.m., a Jeep Wrangler circumvented the United States Border Patrol checkpoint located at mile marker 29 of Interstate Highway 35, using the West Access Road of IH-35. A Border Patrol agent who was parked on the West Access Road between mile markers 30 and 31 heard a report of the Jeep Wrangler via radio, and within a few minutes, sure enough, the vehicle passed the Border Patrol agent's location. The agent observed a male driver who appeared to be the vehicle's sole occupant, quote-unquote. The agent, operating a marked U.S. Border Patrol vehicle, followed the Jeep Wrangler northbound on the West Access Road. The Wrangler turned onto a dirt road, referred to by agents as the Cerrito Alleyway, and the agent observed the driver stop at a gate and briefly converse, converse with an individual. The driver of the Jeep Wrangler continued towards the West Access Road, where the agent was stopped. The Jeep Wrangler then stopped at the agent's location, and the agent lowered his window, asking the driver if he needed any assistance. All right, any, how else would this go? The driver of the Jeep Wrangler indicated that he was just looking for a wildlife safari. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Mm, sure. The agent got out of the U.S. Border Patrol vehicle and approached the man to assist him. And that, as the agent approached, the man drove forward and nervously repeated that he had missed his exit and needed to go. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. The man drove away, and the agent observed that the vehicle appeared to be riding low, as though it contained heavy cargo. Can't imagine. As we all all know, Jeep Wranglers aren't exactly boastful as far as their heavy cargo capabilities. Mm -hmm. Now, the agent followed the vehicle onto the West Access Road, and the Jeep Wrangler began to speed away from the agent. Yeah. Zero to 40 in 52 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. An hour later, I'm up to speed now. Now, the agent activated his vehicle's overhead lights and siren to conduct a traffic stop at this point, but the driver of the Jeep Wrangler failed to yield, and a pursuit ensued northbound on the IH-35 West Access Road. The agent notified a supervisor of the pursuit and uh, reported reported speeds of approximately 90 miles per hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Yeah. On an access oh, road, nonetheless. As the pursuit ha- continued northbound on the West Access Road. At approximately 8.36 a.m., roughly six minutes after the initial report, the Jeep Wrangler crossed IH-35 at the mile marker 32 underpass and merged onto northbound IH-35 via the East mm-hmm. Access Road. Border Patrol agents asked dispatch to request assistance from the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Encino Police Department, because at this point, uh, things were on the road. 
The agent pursued the Jeep Wrangler northbound on 35, reporting that the vehicle was traveling over 100 miles per hour at this what? point. Oh, he's now lying. In light traffic. There's no way. <laughs> I believe no, it 100%. You, 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 will, you, will, you will probably more so uh, believe that here as we get into the story a little bit more. Now, as the agent traveled between mile markers 36 and 37, he reportedly lost sight of the Jeep Wrangler and started to slow down. As the agent traveled over the mile marker 39 overpass, he observed a giant dust cloud in the parking lot of the Loves uh, of the Loves Travel Stop located on the East Access Road and Highway 44 in Encino, Texas. The agent immediately reported that the Jeep Wrangler was involved in a collision and requested emergency medical services. U.S. Customs and Border Protection's Office of Pro- uh, Professional Responsibility Specialty Agents reviewed video footage of the collision which revealed that at approximately 8.39 a.m., the Jeep Wrangler exited IH-35 at mile marker 39 while traveling at a high rate of speed. The driver of the Jeep Wrangler failed to negotiate the exit ramp, lost control, and struck the rear of a tractor-trailer parked at the Love's Hmm. travel stop. Approximately 14 seconds later, the first Encino Police Department vehicle arrived on scene. At the time of the police department's arrival, the pursuing Border Patrol agent's vehicle can be seen traveling past the collision scene, on the northbound lanes of IH-35. Approximately 62 seconds later, the first U.S. Border Patrol vehicle arrived at the scene. The Jeep Wrangler was found to contain a total of seven occupants. <gasps> what? Wait, where? I know. <laughs> exactly. Seven people in a Wrangler. What? Four of the vehicle's <laughs> occupants were fatally injured, including two adult male citizens of Mexico, one adult citizen of Guatemala, and one, under, one other individual whose injuries were so extensive that he could not be immediately identified. The driver of the Jeep Wrangler, a United States citizen, suffered head trauma and was airlifted to the University Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas. Additionally, one adult male Guatemalan citizen was airlifted to the University Medical Center and another adult male Guatemalan citizen was transported to the Laredo Medical Center. The Texas Department of Public Safety assumed lead of the accident investigation and Homeland Security investigation has initiated a criminal investigation against the driver of the Jeep Wrangler. Well, the great I news is that temporarily they were making great time. Yes. For a period I, of time, a Jeep kind containing of, seven people was traveling well, 100 miles per hour. Unbelievable. It, <laughs> that's unbelievable. But <laughs> the thing that, that gets me is the agent who was first following it said that there was nobody in the Jeep. So where did those seven <laughs> adults, were they laying, they well, must have been laying down. So they, that's why they oh, were, what, they four, were no seatbelts. Four, no, four of them were pretending to be wheels. So, I mean, tires. So there you go. Fender somewhere they're yeah. buried in the oh my what god what wrangler that's is sad. this did you say what year this this wrangler was josh no there 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 wasn't those kind of details in in, in this um i got a tj in my head because of the 100 miles an hour the only possible way is it's if it's a 4.0 liter engine and it has a, a, a four thousand foot runway to I'm get just, up to speed i'm just not sure it would take a long I, this happened very quick this is like within uh, what 10 minutes it's so less how, than 10 minutes yeah how how could he have possibly gotten up to 100 miles an hour in 10 I'm minutes? Guessing, Adrenaline. I'm guessing it was a JKU. <laughs> That's uh, what I'm thinking. On the front, it's two people in the back. Be. And, or maybe even three. So that would be five. And then two people, maybe three in the cargo area. That would equal seven. And that but, technically is doable. Now, yes. if everybody really hunched down and got down onto the floorboards a little bit, well, maybe I could see how it could I be guess. seen that, that yeah. I, you know, I, I'm with you. I guess, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. I so, don't know. Nonetheless, four people dead, uh, a U.S. citizen who is the Wrangler owner, 
is under investigation now. A yeah, criminal investigation by the hello. Homeless. He was smuggling people in. And hello. the funny thing was, they should have realized it uh, at the, the whenever he got his driver's license because his name was Wild E Coyote. <laughs> oh, for <F's> sake. <laughs> oh, damn. Let's. <laughs> And, and right about now, Chuck's like, are we laughing at people that died? I don't understand <laughs> on the show. No, I'm laughing. Well, they were doing I'm, something. I mean, it, it wasn't a death sentence, of course, no, but they were I doing know. something illegal. They were. And they were but doing something imagine, additional so you, illegal. I mean, you do stupid things. Stupid things happen to you. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you exit the freeway at 90 miles per hour and you hit a semi-truck trailer that's stationary. And oh, you think, yeah, and you think a Come Jeep's going to handle? You could, Hello? Roll, you could roll the Jeep quicker. I mean, it'd be safer than hitting the back well, of an 18 wheeler. I'm curious at, uh, like, at what altitude that the Jeep <laughs> struck the trailer at, because he had to have been airborne. <laughs> oh, easily, man. Oh, my gosh. Josh, do you remember at the second annual uh, talk show event down in Hidden Falls and my dad's CJ5, did you mm-hmm. notice the cow on the passenger side at all? <laughs> the cow? I, my dad did not. Thing. The cow that the, where the windshield hits the or the yeah. eight pillar, I guess, is what it's called now. Yeah, my dad did the, the same thing in the seventies. He wasn't doing ninety miles an hour, but he did run right into the back of a semi. That was hard. Oh. And all they yeah. did is they took a winch and they pulled it up and they w- welded it, and it's what you saw. Uh, no at, at way. The True well, story. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure a plastic jeep would not have this. No, <laughs> would never have made that little damage. You know, <laughs> you can weld plastic. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that's a story he loves to talk about. And you're like, ah, Dad, I don't know if you should say that out loud anymore, but okay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to do it for him. Well, Jeeper, we want to hear what you have to say about this story or any of the others. If you have a response to any of the Jeep stories that you've heard here on uh, This Week in Jeep, well, be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out to the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. It's a new week, and it's another update from uh, Lisa at Mr. Vanderquack. Uh, Lisa, welcome back to the show. Hey, Tony. Thanks so much. Guys, what an amazing and exciting weekend uh, for Mr. Vanderquack's mission with all of the Jeep owners across the United States, and more specifically, uh, the folks over at Jubilee Jeep Jam in Spanish Fort, uh, Alabama. They had a big event this weekend uh, benefiting St. Jude with Mr. Quack's mission. And we received an update uh, last night tentatively that they're looking that we are going to be north of raising $5,000 um, over the past three days with their event. So we are super excited and they are so proud of what they put together and and i have to agree oh that is wonderful uh, i'm hoping the tally comes up to be even more but five thousand dollars is amazing it is truly an amazing amount of money um jubilee ggm it was their very first year and they literally put it together in less than six months and they had some great entertainment acts lined up including jeremy rowe himself and he was down there um visiting and, and promoting and, and just doing a lot of things with Mr. Vanderquack's mission as well. So we are truly blessed to have such a, a great group of folks. And a special thank you goes out to Wesley Wright and Gulf Coast Jeep Events um, that put on the event. They just did a phenomenal job. 
Excellent. Love hearing great news about Mr. Vanderquack. And uh, keep your keep your eye on your mailbox, uh, Lisa. There's going to be a, a red Jeep Talk Show logoed hat coming to you very, very soon. We are excited about that. Um, we are, so you and I kind of talked a little bit behind the scenes. And uh, some of the folks from the Jeep Talk Show are going to be at the Toledo Jeep Fest in Ohio coming up, uh, gosh, next month. Yep. August and, um, 12th, 13th, and 14th. We're excited to, to be up there with... Yep, yep. Yes, we are excited to be up there with them. And uh, unfortunately, we don't get to see you, Tony, but we definitely um, are going to be keeping our eye out for Chris. And I believe you said Chuck might be coming, too. Chuck might be coming, too. You don't know. He's going to see if he can work that out. Well, that will be awesome. Well, we cannot wait to help promote you guys and help spread the word um, as we are progressing with Junior's mission, and we definitely still have our, our eyes on September 3rd, where anyone can host an event in their town on September 3rd to be a part of our Mr. V Hero Day, and it will be an annual event, so we are super stoked about um, the possibilities that we can raise a tremendous amount of money on September 3rd for St. Jude. And everything that is raised that day goes directly to St. Jude, um, benefiting Mr. Vanderquack's fundraiser for them. And if this is the first time you've been hearing about Mr. Vanderquack and you'd like some more information, of course, you can go back and listen to our interview with Lisa about Mr. Vanderquack a few episodes ago. Uh, but the simplest thing to do is just go to MrVanderquack.com, MRVanderquack.com, uh, which you can uh, find that link in our show notes. Lisa, thank you very much for our weekly Mr. Vanderquack update. Thank you, Tony. Have an awesome week, and I look forward to talking to you next Sunday, where we've got some awesome, exciting news coming up. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And in the spirit of our recent tech talks about brakes, I thought it'd be fitting to showcase one of my favorite brake-related Jeep mods. For any Jeeper with a spare tire on the back, this is definitely a must-have. It's the spare tire brake light ring, and this one is plug-and-play for certain Jeeps. No drilling or cutting is required, and you will certainly don't need any special electronic skills. Simply connect the brake light LED ring into the factory third brake light and factory harness and mount it, and you're off to go. What I like about this light over others is that it has multiple rows of LEDs, not just one single ring. It also has a sequential clock-like pattern to the second set of LEDs, making it that much more eye-catching and, well, pretty cool as well. Lifespan is up to 30,000 hours of life. It is IP67 waterproof. Now the link that we'll have in this uh, is for the 2007 to 2018 Jeep Wrangler JKs with or JKUs with all 15-inch to 20-inch rim diameter wheels. Word of warning, though, this will not work on TerraFlex aftermarket tire carriers. Other than that, it's open season. That's you know, pretty cool. You know, I was thinking I like this it. would be perfect for uh, uh, Chuck's 81 Scrambler, uh, but he'd have to have a clock spring yeah. on the wiring because he... I, I was going to say, he's got that hub <laughs> on, the, on the back with that free-spinning uh, tire. <laughs> well, but uh, honestly, that would be what, pretty this damn cool. Got a hub yeah. hole? What was that, Chuck? He's got a hole. This has got a hub hole. I mean, it, it would actually work. And I'm looking at this, and when you put the brakes on, it looks like it. the lights actually go at, you know, the 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and it's sequential all the way around. Is that yeah. what it does when you put the brakes on? It'll actually do a circle? 
Absolutely. And in fact, uh, the link yes. that we'll have Thanks. in the show notes for this episode, uh, you can, it'll take you over to, uh, to Amazon where you can find one of these things. And uh, there's a video in there that you can click on. You can actually see the action of, of, of the lights mm. and how they sequentially light up around, uh, around the ring, as it were. So uh, really cool action on this, I thought. And, and honestly, if you were to go to the junkyard and get an old clock spring out of a string wheel from a really old vehicle or something like that, you could absolutely retrofit this onto something like Chuck's uh, spare hub free spinning wheel carrier. And that needs to be motorized. I mean, you know, you need to put a little a little starter motor or something there. You press the no, button and it spins the wheel. No, what he needs to do is, is ratchet <laughs> strap some, uh, some fins to that thing and just the wind will oh, actually that's true. Spin. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> It did it on the old, the other Jeep. I had a side by side where the spare tire was off to the side, and then the ice chest rack was to the right. This one's centered, and it the wind won't catch it. So I'm gonna have to do something. <laughs> Put that windshield down. <laughs> That'll do it. Amen. Well, now, now Jeeper, now that you must have a spare tire brake light ring for your own Jeep, we're gonna make it very easy for you. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com. Look in the look for the link in the show notes for episode six thirty nine. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, Josh wraps up the multi-part series in Jeep Breaks. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. Hey, coming up uh, this week, we're going to be expecting you to become a paid subscriber. Uh, Mike Zinn is our most recent uh, Sugar Daddy, Sugar Mama subscriber. And I like what Mike said. You know, at $100 a year, that's only $9 a month. Is that right? Did, did I do the math right? I should just trust Mike, I think, is what I'll do. Uh, but uh, become a paid subscriber today. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Scroll on down and you'll see various uh, paid subscriber levels. And, of course, you can get a nice little Jeep Talk Show uh, trail-rated style badge to uh, put on your Jeep. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And now they're coming out with uh, self-driving cars. Only a matter of time before there's a country song about a truck leaving some guy. And I just want to point out. That every car can be a self-driving car if you just don't really care. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that I just got fired from my job as a taxi driver. What? Yeah, it turns out people really don't like it when you go the extra mile. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. Have a good one. Bye. If I haven't said it in a while, I'll say it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I thought he taxied planes, but uh, oh no, that's right. It's a, it's a joke. <laughs> that's right. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I think it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! In episode 631, we started a multi-part series in Jeep Brakes. We've covered things like the various components that make up the brake systems on different Jeeps and how they work. We've talked about how the mods we make to our Jeeps affect the brakes and their performance, how to troubleshoot problems, and what to do about them when they do pop up. In this last part, that's right, this is going to be the end of all this, uh, this multi-part series, we're going to talk about upgrades. If something in your Jeep's braking system wears out or fails and needs to be replaced, why not make an upgrade? You know, while you're in there. 
One of the most common problems that, that we've seen in Jeep's braking systems appears most in older Jeeps. A lot of this is due to age, but also poor performing drum brakes typically found on the rear of older Jeeps. And if you go back far enough, you're going to find them on the front of some Jeeps too. If you have a Jeep that has drum brakes in the rear, which would include any CJ, YJ, XJ, TJ, and of course the older Jeeps as well, the best thing you can do to improve your braking performance would be to convert the drum brakes to disc brakes. We talked about the differences between the two, and the performance of disc brakes is beyond comparison to drums. The upgrade of a rear drum brake system to a disc brake system will provide far more efficient, stronger rear brakes, and uh, the disc brake utilizes calipers positioned along the outer edge of the rotor, just like modern-day brakes. This allows for the maximum amount of leverage, which results in a stronger level of resistance, thus resulting in, well, better braking. Imagine trying to remove a nut, if you will, with a wrench. You grab the wrench close to the center, well, it re will require more force and energy to move the nut. Grabbing the wrench farther out creates more leverage and requires less energy to move the nut. The same theory applies with the rotors and the calipers found on disc brakes, but in reverse, more or less. The process is relatively simple. The brake line is removed, the drum is pulled off, and the, the backing plate is removed from the axle. A new backing plate is put back on the axle that has caliper brackets on it, the discs are installed, then the caliper and pad assembly. New soft lines and e-brake cables usually come in these kits too, and once those are on, well, that'll all be replaced with the new system, and that's pretty much it. If you can do a brake job, then you can do a brake swap. Ask any Jeeper who has done this mod, and they will undoubtedly agree that the Jeep is safer and brakes better, stopping sooner, and having more holding control while out on the trail. Yes, this is likely the most expensive option, with kits starting in the mid-500s and can reach an excess of a thousand bucks pretty easy. Okay, so maybe that's a little much for you right now, and you need a cheaper option that doesn't involve serious modifications. Well, the next step down from a rear disc brake conversion would be to increase the diameter of your front disc brake rotors. Remember the wrench and nut analogy? A big rotor kit, as they're called, allows the factory brake caliper and brake pads to be retained, while increasing the rotor diameter from the stock 11 or 12 inches or so to a rotor that's over 13 inches in diameter. The increased clamping distance from the rotor center results in greater braking leverage to allow stopping distance to be decreased substantially. Think a larger rotor diameter equals greater stopping power. That's just a good rule of thumb. The simple bolt-on installation upgrade requires absolutely no brake line modifications and can be installed with basic hand tools. These kits usually come with the larger rotors and a pair of bolt-on brackets that relocates the calipers. It actually takes less work to install this kit than to do a full brake job, and is the most popular option for JK owners looking to get the most bang for their buck. Now the cost, however, can run you up to 400 bucks or more. Hey, at least it's not over a grand. Unless you do all four corners at once, and those kits, with all the hoses and all the goodies, can get expensive. And these big rotor kits should not be confused with a big brake kit, which is more or less the same thing, but also comes with upgraded calipers and new pads, the hoses and, you know, pretty much all that, and will generally add a significant amount to the price. A big rotor kit may not even be an option for you anyways, as it all comes down to whether or not you have the room inside the wheel for that larger rotor and relocated caliper. Okay, so maybe even that is out of reach. So let's look at some other upgrades which we can do to our Jeep's brakes. There are many places that offer all-in-one brake upgrade kits. For instance, you can get the very reliable and very well-reviewed PowerStop brand kit, front and rear upgrade kit from the, for the Jeep TJ for right around 340 bucks on Rock Auto. The front kit uh, only for the Jeep will, from the same company will run you less than 200 bucks. Definitely an affordable option. Many Jeepers have undoubtedly heard about EBC brakes and their yellow stuff brake pads. 
These high friction pads from EBC will give you up to 35% better stopping power from just a simple pad change. These pads are also, a, are also great for towing and for heavy loads or for oversized tire and wheel setups. And for an average price of about $125, bucks, well, they may be the most expensive brake pads you can buy, but going this route is a surefire way to improve your Jeep's brake system. The same can be said for the rotors themselves. Sure, an OEM rotor is going to last long and perform well enough, but why settle there? Over decades of proven race technology, the engineering world has given the automotive industry rotor enhancements like better manufacturing materials, or zinc plating for heat dissipation, and even drilled and slotted rotors. Now, these may look cool as hell, and yes, honestly they do, but they typically aren't the best option for rock crawlers. Drilled rotors have a pattern of holes drilled all the way through the face of the rotor. This provides mass reduction, better heat dissipation, prevents gas buildup, reduces brake fade, and creates better braking power by giving the pads more surface area to bite onto. Slotted rotors have a series of slots actually machined into the rotor face. They don't go all the way through, though. This provides all the same benefits as drilled rotors, but at a more extreme level. Now, this is why you will typically only see slotted or and or drilled and slotted rotors on race machines. There's just so much mass removal for them to be reliable for large tire high torque applications. That said, there are all kinds of enhanced performance OE style rotors out there for your Jeep. You'll just have to dig around. Lastly, another simple upgrade and nece necessary modification for lifted Jeeps are the brake lines. Typically, these extended brake lines will come in the braided stainless steel variety and provide minimal enhancements. Soft rubber factory brake lines can actually swell and flex like a balloon almost. Although their flexibility is necessary for suspension and steering movement, their ability to swell degrades the hydraulic conditions of the Jeep's brake system by reducing the amount of pressure applied to the caliper. Now, one of the things I covered at the beginning of all this in episode 631 was about brake fluid. One of the cheapest, most effective ways to get better braking performance from a higher mileage Jeep is to, is to be going from a brake fluid flush. Over time, brake fluid will absorb moisture from the air, get a buildup of contaminants, and won't be able to perform like new. Flushing this fluid out and replacing it with new fluid will breathe new life into an older brake system. Brake fluid flushes are recommended every 30,000 miles or around two years, depending on your driving and braking patterns. For example, if your daily commute is mostly long stretches of highway, well, you may be racking up miles quickly without using your brakes at all. However, if you wheel frequently or find yourself in a lot of stop-and-go traffic every day, well, then you may need to do it more often. I'll go over some tips and tricks of, for fluid flushes in, in, another, in another episode, but for now... I think we'll be bringing this all all this to a stop. I recommend uh, uh, brake fl fluid change every twenty five years. <laughs> twenty five years. Yeah, so well, that's. Uh, I think about how long I you did, went to the next I didn't even know that you had to change your brake fluid. I, I didn't. I didn't I'll be honest with you. I didn't either until Josh started this thing, and I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I I upgrade brakes all the time, right? 1976 is when Jeep actually started putting disc brakes on the front. So a lot of our Jeeps have the, the the drum brakes now they're an 11 inch mm -hmm. front drum eight inch in the rear so what we would do is we'd buy a wrecked you know post 1976 well the braking components usually aren't ruined so we take mm -hmm. the disc brakes off stick it on the front of the jeep then take those 11 inch drums up front and throw them in the back oh, and just wow. get rid of the eight inch because wow. it, they're all interchangeable because you're they, they all work i would never change the brake fluid we just bleed it and be done with it mm-hmm <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, if you if you pop a cylinder or uh, spring a leak on your uh, your line, it, the brake fluid kind of gets changed, sorta, kind of. Now, I will say right. that brake fluid contamination happens a lot more rapidly on drum brake systems. Uh, they just aren't as 
tight of a closed system right. as a as a uh, a caliper based system is. Now, I mean, that being said, right. uh, you know, you can you can go for years, obviously, without uh, uh, without swapping out the fluid. It's just the performance mm -hmm. will over time start to degrade. You're and not going to notice and you won't know, like Yeah, you're not going to notice it's gonna it because like it's going to be gradual. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be like a frog in boiling water. You yeah. know, as you bring that, that water up to temp, the frog doesn't know that it's cooked until it's too late. Same thing with, as your brake fluid. Over years, it goes on, and, you know, pretty mm -hmm. soon it's just like, man, these brakes just don't work like they used to, you know? And it, you'll, you'll, you'll be complaining about it, but you won't probably ever do anything about it because the brakes still work. And so it's, you know, it's, right. so we're not really forced to do anything about this sort of thing until... Well, we're forced to when something fails or wears out. Well, you hear you, you hear somebody grinding. go yeah. on and on about it on the Jeep talk show, and now you feel like you got to. <laughs> and then you have to do something. <laughs> Dude, and, and I, I didn't I've, know I've I was blissful. Now I've, I've got like two or three people doing brake flushes right now. I was yeah, blissfully exactly. I was blissfully ignorant until Josh came along. Dang yeah, it. and, I, <laughs> and I thought my weekend was free. Hello. Yeah, I pulled the curtain back, and yeah. <laughs> well, it's talking about disc brakes. I'd love to do a disc brake. Uh, uh, conversion on uh, the XJ and have uh, disc brakes on the back. Uh, so uh, yeah, I need to I need to see if I can locate some. Uh, uh, what is it? The uh, Liberty. I think the Liberty uh, Jeep yeah. Liberty had a eight and a quarter on it with disc brakes, and that would be uh, a direct swap. It would be uh, that'd be yeah, a really nice upgrade. Just, yeah, and the only thing you have to do with that, yeah, I think, is you pull. Uh, you got You got to swap out the e brake cables, and I think you pull them off of an Explorer. Oh, okay. Uh, to, to make them work, but uh, outside of that, yeah, I mean, it's it's basically plug and play. What were you Do saying, you have a John? Dana forty four back of that, Tony, no. or is it a, a different rear end? No, it's the Chrysler eight and a quarter. Well, don't they just make a kit for it? Oh yeah, for seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I was going to say. I think oh. uh, Terraflex makes a kit, but it's 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 right around the seven hundred dollar mark. Six fifty, at least it was. But I'm not spending yeah. that kind of money. What? No, I mean you could you could do it for a fraction of that price going with junkyard parts. I mean, hell, I think even uh, if you just go to Rock Auto and and source all new OE OE parts, you can still do it for under four or five. Oh, I didn't think about. It. Oh, no, nah, I'd rather I'm gonna check yeah. eBay. Smart. I'd rather have it shipped to me and then go to the junkyard and get all sweaty. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I knew Chuck oh, like that. Good gravy, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're a jeeper for Christ's sake. Get out of the damn house. <laughs> I will, as long as the Jeep's air-conditioned. If it's been more than a couple years since you've swapped out your brake fluid, I highly suggest going back to episode 631. And go take a look at the show notes that we have at jeeptalkshow.com for episode 631. I've got some great visual aids in all the tech talks. You can actually see a little bit about what I'm talking about in through all of these. Those visual representations actually help you uh, sort of uh, put the ends together and, and make heads or tails out of everything that I'm talking about. You'll actually see a, a diagram of uh, some pictures, if you will, of, of brake fluid and how new brake fluid uh, it compares to old brake fluid that is uh, contaminated and, and has degraded over time. A stark difference, and there is definitely a marked difference in its performance as well inside the brake system. So if you haven't flushed your fluid in a couple years, go check out episode 631. Go check out the photos, and I guarantee you next weekend you'll be doing a brake fluid swap. In the meantime, if you have anything to add to Tech Talk, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, something you're stuck on your on your build, or just something you're just not quite sure about, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send me a message. Who knows? On the next Tech Talk, I might be covering something about your Jeep. Hey, Josh, this is Matt over here at the House of Gong. Just wanted to let you know that your 12-inch is back-ordered, but... That you know your way around gongs, I will go ahead and up your order to a 15-inch and get it right out to you with no extra cost. 
I know you're going to love it. Yes! Be powder-coated black for free. Once you see the way this deluxe model swings once you smack it, <gasps> you'll never go back. Now, I know being a famous guy, you can get any kind of gong you want, but I'm proud that you chose ours. So, thanks a lot. Be seeing you. That is hilarious. That, 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 G, <laughs> gong as in G, like golf versus Delta. Please. It's it's a it's a million as a, as with a B. It's, it's right. a great promo. It's an absolutely great promo. Love I remember it. the first time I heard that I damn near lost battery. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> you had to have been like, what the heck did I just hear? <laughs> oh, we hit, we get some great voicemail. <laughs> when I heard that, I knew I was at home. I was like, all right, these guys they they got it right. <laughs> so i neglected to mention uh, in friday's episode that we have not given away the midlandusa.com mxt 575 yet what what's happening i'll go ahead and take it i'll I'll just right here yeah i can use it i will be happy to demo it i'm the fng i need it (laughs) so so now i can't tell you to keep calling in because that would be a violation of the rules but if but if you haven't called in yet you should call in and uh you may win the midland mxt 575 which is a 50 watt gmrs mobile radio you can use it in the house if you got a power supply but it has all the controls and the microphone so it's great for a jeep because you can mount the radio the base unit pretty much anywhere and then use that uh the cord with the 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 microphone and put that on the dash so it makes it really simple the speaker everything is in there uh it just like i said it's a great option for it for a jeep or any small vehicle that uh, doesn't have a lot of room in it uh, for mounting radios and uh, 50 watts the maximum amount of power that you can run on a gmrs radio so this is a big deal from from midland yeah Yeah. and 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 big shout out to midlandusa.com for making these things available because these things just came out a couple of months ago and they sold out of them very quickly and they're not cheap so no not at all call in try to win it if you don't want it you can always give it to one of the hosts (laughs) so uh i want to remind you that this uh this thursday our interview with tara thompson of dixie four-wheel drive is going to be out and uh, you don't want to miss this uh, i've been uh, following tara on uh uh, the Instagram, uh, and I don't think she's on TikTok, but anyway, I've been following her on Instagram. She gets out there, she works on her Jeep, and uh, we talk a little bit about that in the interview, so uh, don't miss it. So let me ask you something really quick, Chuck. This has uh, been your now second episode with the mm. Jeep Talk Show. Yeah. And he's still here. What, uh, well, my contract's over much now, right? Well, Where he's hung up a couple of times, but I, I muted oh. it and I called him back. And, Is that and said, what happened? Chuck, okay. no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Chuck? Any any surprises? Is, is this something that you were uh, that you were anticipating that didn't happen or something that you weren't anticipating and did happen? What do you think? You guys are incredibly professional. Like, usually when I hang out with my friends, we throw empty beer cans at each other. I can't do that with you guys, so it's a, it's no. a whole different world. Well, <laughs> like, you'll throw your arm out going that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man, it's been a blast. It's just like sitting around shooting the shit about Jeeps. This is totally cool. I dig it. Yep. Totally cool. dig it, man. That's what we tell uh, a lot of the people who we have for the interviews who are nervous about, you know, speaking in public or being on a on a big international most downloaded Jeep podcast on the planet type of thing. And they're like, oh, you know, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say. And we always tell them it's just like sitting around the campfire, 
drinking a beverage, right. BSing about Jeeps. It, that's all we're doing here. And and now that you know, Chuck, you've seen it from both sides of the fence, and and you've got new experience. Sort of, you know, how we make the sausage, as it were, how the fudge is packed, if you will. There's no fudge packing or sausages involved. <laughs> hell. Talking about right now, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes Tony, just right off. The I want to know. Yeah. I want to know if Mary Lee's going to start listening to the uh, the episodes now that uh, you're on it. So here's the deal: she don't like listen to me in person. <laughs> She's definitely not going to listen. <laughs> to the hell, people. yeah. <laughs> she, oh. No, absolutely not. I, I asked her. Enough, I said, "Do you want to be here while we do this?" She said, "I don't want to be here with you normally." Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. We'll we'll hook up a second mic. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you can't record. Are you gonna put pants on? You, you can't record uh, the when you, you the, when the eyes roll. There, it makes no noise, so that's the downside. Uh, eye yeah, rolling for a podcast. True. Yeah, I get to see work. Wendy's. I don't want. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Just leave her in the house. Are you gonna be you gonna be back with us uh, next Friday? Oh, good gravy! I gotta do this again. Yes, he, I mean I get Tony, as, now you're Wendy? now you're Wendy? saying things that your wife has said to you. I understand. Listen, he, he's already signed the contract. He cannot get out of it. He has to show up now. I was drinking that day. You cannot hold that against me. Allegedly, hey, yes, we can. You got to read the fine print. You're ours now. <laughs> it's been well, a blast. Super, what it's been you- an honor, man. It's just. I was gonna say, Jeeper, what do you think about Chuck being on the show? If you if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, well, by all means, we're gonna be doing this four times a week. Well, three times a week. Well, technically just two, but we have four shows a week, and Chuck's gonna be on at least two of them. He's got a fifty percent batting average, so that's pretty. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty damn good. And don't forget, Jeeper, we've got a newsletter that has all kinds of information. You actually would have uh, heard about Chuck coming on the show, the inside information through the newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you're going to find a a link to click and sign up for that newsletter that is chock full of all kinds of information about what's happening on the show, what we're doing behind the scenes, what's coming up, who we're interviewing, what we're giving away and when, all that kind of stuff. And if you wanted the best chance of uh, winning one of our giveaways, you got to be subscribed to the newsletter. And don't worry, it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. We're not going to spam you. Get one email a week directly from the Jeep Talk Show. Well, speaking of the show, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next episode, don't forget to use the hashtag Jeep Talk Show in all your social media posts. It's really helping us out. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. If she says that she likes to play dirty and topless, you've got to keep her, Jeeper. Podcasting since 2010.